When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Dallas Cowboys hold a major advantage against the New England Patriots, and tonight we'll preview the game. Plus, we'll talk about the weird release of Devin Harper and what it could mean moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me. Thank you so much. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. It takes about half a second to get it done. So thank you. Thank you for hitting the like button for me. What's up on this Thursday night? Uh, I was excited about Packers-Lions. Not turning out to be a very exciting game, though. Seems like the Parkers are getting punched in the face. Jordan Love has had such a weird season. But anyways, what's up? Thursday night prediction show, preview show. Are we nervous? Are we not nervous? Let me know in the chat. What's the status right now of Cowboys Nation? Because on Sunday, the Cowboys will host the New England Patriots. And it's not necessarily that it's a big game, but any game would be huge after whatever happened on week three. When the Cowboys were decimated in the run game on defense, they were inefficient in the red zone on offense a lot of points left on the field and now it's about bouncing back the only problem is you kind of have to do it against the best coach of all time in Bill Belichick and a legit defense and it's one of those games where it feels like it could be a close game and you know that it's also pretty much about the Cowboys beating themselves no disrespect to the Patriots but just talent wise this should be the Cowboys all the way. All the way should be the Cowboys. However, they were exposed, outcoached is a word. I'm not going to go as far as saying exposed because I'm not going to say that the Cowboys are frauds or anything like that. I still believe they're one of the top three favorites within the NFC. One of the favorites to win the Super Bowl, even top five in the betting markets, even. So... I'm going to say outcoached, though. They were outcoached to the Cardinals. And I think that we've talked so much about the players not being disciplined enough in, in run defense. We've talked about the lack of execution in the red zone and some of the play calling. But maybe we have not been too emphatic on the fact that the Cardinals were one step ahead the entire time with the, planning, the play calling of their own. Um, many of these red zone plays that went south had Cardinals players in tight coverage, always with the numbers advantage over the Cowboys. Offensively, they caught defense leaping several times that play-action pass, not the 69-yarder, which was also 
a big W for them. But there were some plays where they run double play action and then they moved the launch point for Joshua Dobbs. And in several ways, they just went at the Cowboys' aggression. That happened on Sunday. And now you're getting Bill Belichick. Can the Cowboys adjust? And can, can the Cowboys, with the advantage of the better roster, fire back? We'll see. Um, looking at your comments right now, though, not a whole lot of nerves. Some nerves for some people. Bill says no nerves at all. Katharina as well says not nervous at all. I've got some nerves. I'll say that. Uh, Gregory already with the score prediction, and we'll have more of those later. He's already saying 31 to 13. Rex has just punched New England in the mouth. And let me tell you why. This is the perfect, let me tell you what, this is the perfect segue into the topic of the video, the main topic, which is the Cowboys can do exactly that. The Cowboys can walk into this game and dominate the defensive line. Like we expected, kind of, we expected them to do it versus the Cardinals, and maybe we underrated the Cardinals' offensive line just a little bit. But the Cowboys hold a major advantage over New England, and that is still their defensive line. It all starts with Micah Parsons, sure, but I'm looking specifically at Oza Odigisuwa on this one. The, the Patriots have had an interesting situation on their offensive line. Cole Strange, the left guard, it's pretty good, but he's also one of the players to allow the most pressures through three weeks for New England, and he is banged up. Got injured versus the New York Jets, was quote-unquote very limited in practice on Thursday. So the Patriots are not even sure if Cole Strange is going to play on this game. And it seems like a mismatch is guaranteed in that area because I believe we have reached the point where we can talk about Oza facing mismatches or for Oza being a mismatch because, man, he's played so good. Let's not get it twisted because the Cowboys got destroyed in the run game. I don't think that the issue was the defensive line. Osa has been very good through three weeks, and more specifically, more specifically, he's been much improved, I think, is what we should be highlighting here. Osa has taken a jump over the first few years of his career in 2023, and we have learned about how he's prepared differently. I think that Osa, if you can get him isolated versus the left guard in this particular game, he has the edge for sure. I don't know about on. Unwenu, because I know that Patriots fans even want him to play tackle. They haven't gotten that wish. Now, if Strange does not play, then we would be getting one of our draft crushes here on primetime on, on ADZ Sports, Antonio Mafi, the prospect out of UCLA. And I don't think that he's ready yet for the NFL. So if it's Mafi instead of Strange, then it's going to be a situation where you got to feel comfortable with what the Cowboys defensive line can do versus the Patriots' offensive line. It's been a chaotic unit, by the way, for New England. They were supposed to have Riley Reef at right tackle. He's an injured reserve, not playing on Sunday either. It's going to be low, very likely. They had Calvin Anderson in there, struggled as well. In the case of Lowe, by the way, he's had 11, the right tackle, 11 pressures in 81 pass pro snaps. 11 pressures in 81 pass pro snaps, that is way too much. And you're telling me he's got to face Micah? I think the Cowboys, as long as they get to this 
situation where they can really rush Mac Jones are going to have such a big advantage. And I don't, I didn't realize that at the beginning of the season, because at the beginning of the season, the Patriots had a somewhat decent offensive line. Four weeks into the season, though, even the Cardinals that were supposed to be also a very bad offensive line are ranked above the Patriots in this category. PFF does this weekly O-line rankings thing, and the Patriots right now are 25th in the entire NFL, and it takes into account injuries and all of that, but it doesn't take into account in this case that Cole Strange might not even play the left guard. So I look at this, and I'm looking at a mismatch in that sense. Now, again, the Cowboys' issue versus the run was not up front. It wasn't that Ozo was not winning his blocks. It wasn't even that the nose tackles, Jonathan Hankins, Massey Smith, were losing their blocks. It wasn't that. It was missed assignments by safeties, defensive backs, including corners and linebackers in the second level. It was them not plugging up the B gap or the A gap, pretty much the B gap, though, for the most part, and the C gap, or not being on the edge at the, same, uh, at the right time, not setting the edges in that sense. But defensive line-wise, I think the Cowboys have been fine. There was one stat even where, uh, from Aaron Chats, I believe. I don't have it at hand. But he pointed out how the Cowboys were are still one of the best teams stuffing the runs. So let's not get into week four thinking that suddenly the Cowboys cannot stop the run at all. Because I don't believe that that is the case. In 2022, we've gone over this here on the show. The Cowboys were a top five run defense in EPA and in success rate. And I think, and maybe we've forgotten with so much time in between, but I think that it was so, somewhat of a similar story. The Cowboys were vulnerable to giving up big plays in the running game because they struggled a little bit at the second level. But at the defensive line, they were stuffing many of these runs uh, that were going nowhere. We're going to see how the Cowboys match up in that sense but pass rush wise it's gonna be one where Dallas should dominate versus the Patriots the question is the question is how often how not often how quickly can they get to a point in the game script where it's Mac Jones needing to drop back to pass or at the very least where the Patriots cannot run their way into a win which is also what happened Versus the Cardinals. It was an early lead from the Cardinals. So they were just able to do their thing and run and run and run and run some more. It's going to be fun to watch, though. It is going to be fun to watch. I think that Osa, Micah, Marcus Lawrence, pretty much all of these guys are going to be mismatches versus the Patriots. So it's a game where, honestly, I see the Cowboys dominating in the trenches, at least defensively. And we'll talk more about other angles for this game though but before we do any of that though let's see some of your comments here because speaking of the trenches this is a great question from katharina right now asking anything on our offensive line returning by sunday it feels like the two guys that are on track to return would be tyler viadish at center and it would be zach martin at right guard tyron smith however two practices into the week has not practiced, and then on Friday we'll get the injury reports. If Tyron Smith comes back as doubtful, then scratch him because he's not playing. But if he's questionable, I think we'll have to wait until Saturday or even Sunday as we learned last week. 
But Friday, the Cowboys do not practice. So whatever we learn on Friday is not going to be that much. It's going to be more than anything. Uh, it's going to be pretty much until Saturday because that's when they hold their final walkthrough. Mark Aaron says, I have a feeling that Smith will be moved to left tackle and Adoga will play guard. I wrote about this on ADC Sports today. I wrote about how the latest injury report really set up the Cowboys for a difficult decision because I would do that. Uh, I kind of second the feeling from Mark Aaron there because I don't think that, I don't get why you would have Chuma play at left tackle while you would have Tyler play at left guard. Because I think that we've seen Tyler for a full season almost do a good job protecting the blind side for the Cowboys offense. And I think that the version that we saw of Chuma at guard versus the version of him that we saw at tackle, Chuma is better inside. Absolutely he is. So I think what the Cowboys are balancing in this sense is do you want the best combination for Sunday? which is absolutely Tyler at left tackle and Chuma at left guard. Assuming Tyron is not playing, of course, obviously. Assuming Ty Tyron is not playing. So do you want that best combination or do you want to shake up the offensive line as little as possible throughout the entire year? Meaning, are the Cowboys uncomfortable swapping Tyler Smith from guard to tackle, and then back to guard. And then it's going to be two different combinations between week four and week five. Instead of just saying, you know what? We've got the 49ers next Sunday. Tyler, do your thing at guard. Find yourself at guard. And then Tyron will be right there with you next week. It's not as easy of a decision. I'll say that. I'll say that. It's not It's not as easy. Uh, so we'll see what what happens. But... But yeah, now, could Tyron Smith end up playing? Sure, he could. Has not in Thursday and on Wednesday enlisted with an injury. So it's not like we know they're arresting him because Jay Recruiter says here, Tyron is playing. He got two veteran days off. I mean, maybe. Maybe, but the veteran rest are listed as veteran rest players and Tyron is not. So I don't know. It's kind of a, a lot of speculation. It's a very weird situation. We know that he did suit up for Dallas on Sunday, was active, was named a captain, and still didn't play. So I feel like whatever we think we know or whatever we know about Tyron Smith might not be the reality itself. Like I think that the Cowboys are really keeping their cards close to their best for this one. So we'll see. We'll see. Now, the injury report, for those of you who didn't catch it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tyron Smith was a DNP, did not practice, so basically rehabbing, uh, listed with a knee injury. And then you had Zach Martin and uh, Tyler as limited participants. CD and D-Law, who did get those veteran rest days off on Wednesday, returned as full practice uh, players. And Chuma has been limited both Wednesday and Thursday, Tony Pollard also showed up on the injury report, but do not fear. He did show up as a not injury-related player. So some rest for Pollard, and it was limited. So they're just probably just handling the, the workload for him. 
Love Tyrants as Marcus, but all we all knew he'd be more out than in. And he says that he likes Tyler Smith at guard. It's a difficult decision. I, I, I'll say that. It's, it's not as easy because I do look at the Cowboys offensive line and it's like, I know the best combination for this Sunday without Tyron would be Tyler outside. But I also would love some offensive line continuity leading up to the San Francisco 49ers game which is a must-win. No, no, I mean, uh, not must-win in the sense that the season is over if they don't, but we all know how much that one matters. We all know the San Francisco game means a whole lot, not only mathematically for the seeding picture by the time the season is over, but it would go a long way if the Cowboys can go to San Francisco and beat them. It would go a long way for Cowboys' morale, I think. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's one of the matchups to follow for sure. The off defensive line versus the Patriots offensive line. I wanted to move on a little bit here and talk about Dak Prescott versus Bill Belichick. They have not faced each other a whole lot throughout Dak's career, these two, uh, basically twice. One was in 2019 when it was the whole weather game in Foxborough. It wasn't really a game where you know, things were quote-unquote normal. But then the Cowboys went there in 2021, and what a game that was. CeeDee Lamp throwing up the two fingers for Jalen Mills, saying bye-bye. Dak Prescott, that's the game where, you know, the injury thing also kind of happened with that little jump to actually find CeeDee Lamp for that walk-off touchdown. And I was wondering... We know that Dak Prescott is kind of this underrated quarterback when it comes to the blitz. Defensive coordinators will still blitz Dak Prescott even though he has some legit numbers blitz-wise in his career. Well, the Patriots are blitzing a whole lot this season. They are top five in the league in blitz rate. And I wondered, hey man, when Belichick faced Dak in 2021, was he blitzing him? And the answer to that was yes, not a whole lot, uh, 35% of the snaps, which is a little bit below the rate that the Patriots are using nowadays, which is at around 40-something percent. But I want to see that. I want to see how the Patriots approach Dak Prescott. Obviously, they might be missing Tyron. Who knows? They might be at full health. Again, who knows? But I think that Belichick is not going to be afraid to turn up the heat a little bit versus Dak and maybe play some man coverage. Versus C.D. Lamb. Because that's another matchup. And we we started talking about it a little bit last night. The Patriots have Christian Gonzalez right now. And then they've got Jones on the boundary. I mean, both are boundary cornerbacks. But I could see Jones being matched up versus Brandon Cooks. Because he's one of their speedy cornerbacks. And Brandon Cooks is going to be that vertical speedy threat too. Do the Cowboys get Christian Gonzalez shadowing C.D. Lamb. I would absolutely love to see that. And you look at it from the Patriots' perspective, and it kind of seems to me like the right way to go about things because C.D. destroyed the Jets' defense when they decided to play zone coverage against him for the entire game. That's how he got 11 catches for 143 yards. 10 of those catches came against zone coverage. And they've got Sauce Gardner, and they didn't want Sauce to be following CD. But the Patriots are more flexible. I think Bill Belichick would absolutely consider putting 
Gonzalez on top of City and moving him around, even if it go, even if it means going into the slot, which is what he'll be doing in that sense, uh, CD. So if Gonzalez shadows CD, it's gonna mean he's gonna have to play a whole lot of nickel, and that's something that he hasn't done entirely this year. Uh, just about 17 reps versus over 160 out wide. Uh, but if you play man coverage, you take away CD, and you're gonna double him because hey, the Patriots do a whole lot of that. Uh, CD Land talked about it today. Actually, he was like, "They're gonna double me," and the Patriots do that. They are gonna play brackets on you. They're gonna find ways to take away your best receiver, and that is CD. So I'm expecting man coverage for CD on this game. I'm, I'm expecting blitz. It's gonna be one of those games where Dak Prescott is really gonna have to be on top of his game mentally wise versus the blitz, which I think he's done a very good job of during his career, but he's going to have to find Michael Gallup and he's going to have to find the tight ends and Brandon Cooks. It's going to be one of those games where Dak is going to have to really pick apart the Patriots defense, especially over the middle in those short intermediate routes. going to be so fun to watch that, especially if he's able to bounce back after whatever happened last weekend when the Cowboys were not only failing in the red zone, but there was one particular play where I was kind of upset that Dak didn't find Brandon Cooks near the end zone because he gets six, a six-man rush. So it's the four defensive linemen plus the linebacker blitzes, the defensive back blitzes. And I think that Dak has Brandon Cooks open on this land, but he is hot from the right side. And he kind of takes a step to the left to get rid of the football. But that footwork kind of messes up the whole thing and he doesn't find Brandon Cooks in the end zone but I would put that one on Dak so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens uh Justin says still wondering what happened to Asim Richards he looked good in the preseason he did look good but I'm not sure if you wanted Brandon I I, I don't know if you wanted Asim to play so early in his career I agree that he looked good but there wasn't a whole lot going on in the preseason, to be honest. I understand wanting to play Chuma over him just because of the experience side of it. And maybe because we have not seen a whole lot of Asim in the run game. I I have seen Asim do a very good job pass pro-wise. I don't know if he proved enough as a run blocker, though. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Let's get to Cowboys. Betting the Cowboys segment, it's a tough one. Minus six and a half. And the betting spread, and the not betting spread, excuse me, the total for this game right now sitting at 40, 43 and a half, which is one of the most difficult numbers to bet, 43 is. It's one of the biggest key numbers that you can get in the NFL. So let me know in the chat. Cowboys are favorite minus six and a half. A touchdown would cover with the extra point, of course, which are fortunately not that big of a question mark after three weeks of Brandon Aubrey. Let me know in the chat. Do the Cowboys cover six and a half points? What do you think? Or do they win a tight one? Or maybe do they lose straight up? Let me know in the chat what do you think. We'll talk about the prediction, and then we'll move on to some Cowboys news to close out the show because they waived a linebacker today. 
And I wanted to talk about it as well. So do they cover or not? Toxic Tom says, nope. Blake says 24-14 Cowboys, which would mean cover. Gregory says they cover. Gregory says Belichick likes to jam the wide receiver at the line defensively. Yeah, he'll do a whole lot of that. And with the brackets, it's easier to do that, right? Because you are jamming him, outside leverage for the corner, and then some help from the back end. I would expect a whole lot of that. We cover six and a half, says Justin. Peter says yes. Katharina says it's going to be a pretty close game, so maybe they won't cover. Gregory says 31 to 13, Dallas. Ladies and gentlemen, my betting the Cowboys is... It's the Cowboys, minus six and a half. Listen, here's my reasoning. One, I still believe on the Cowboys. I'm not giving up on them after whatever happened in week three. They went into the red zone five times. Yes, it matters that they got only one touchdown. But it also matters that they got there five times. It matters that for four straight uh, uh, four straight possessions, they had the football inside the 10-yard line. For the Cardinals. It matters. You got to take everything into consideration. So I, I'm thinking that. And then I'm also looking at the look-ahead line for this game. So before the Cardinals matchup last week, the Cowboys were favored by seven and a half coming into week four. So that is that number you said is light discount. It was over a touchdown. Now it is under a touchdown. So I kind of like that value as well from a betting perspective. And it looks like the offensive line is going to be mostly back. Maybe not Tyron Smith. The Patriots do have Matthew Judon, who is somebody that they got to take care of, edge rusher who can move around. If Tyron does not play, I would assume that we're going to see Judon and his red long sleeves pretty much every single play versus the right tackle, versus the left tackle, excuse me. But give me the Cowboys minus six and a half. I don't see the Patriots getting this game going offensively. I know that the Cardinals did. I think that the Cowboys are going to just leave that behind them and do a better job filling up the run, uh, the run gaps. Now, I did want to say, though, I did want to say before we get out of here and before, not before we get out of here, but before we finish this prediction segment, if there is one thing If there is one thing that worries me, that really does worry me, is the lack of size at linebacker. And it's going to get worse. And and, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit here. But if the Patriots keep this one close, it's because they're going to play a whole lot of 12 personnel. We're going to see a whole lot of Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki and even some 13 personnel. And maybe they keep this game from a heavy point of view personal wise and I don't know if the Cowboys have what it takes to match up against that kind of stuff they gotta win at the defensive line I believe they do in this particular case and give me the Cowboys to win Marcus says Mauricio the problem with the O is scoring touchdowns not production and yeah it matters I agree like they gotta score touchdowns and I'm not I'm not uh trying to make it seem like the red zone offense is not an issue, but they are moving the ball. They are getting themselves into scoring position. Do they tweak enough things to come out on the productive side of things? 15 red zone trips, most in the NFL. 
27, though, in efficiency. We'll see how that changes versus the Patriots. Before we get out of here, this time for real, I'll get into that too here in a moment, Justin, because that's a good comment right there. One that I don't necessarily agree with, but I'll get to that. Cowboys cut Devin Harper. Very unexpectedly. They waived him, and there's a whole lot to say here. Because Devin Harper, you might not know him from defensive reps or anything like that. But let me tell you that Devin Harper is your third player with the highest rate of special team snap counts. So he's one of your special team's aces. And he has been waived by the Cowboys, which essentially means that the Cowboys right now have 52 players on their roster. Two of them are linebackers. Two. Not three, not four. The Cowboys currently have actual linebackers, so no, not, not including Marquise Bell, who is a safety-turned linebacker, not including Bell, the Cowboys have Leighton Van Der Esch, and they've got Damone Clark. And you can stop right there. because that's, that's linebacker room. That is the linebacker room for the Cowboys. So if the Patriots come out and they say, okay, we're going to play 12 personnel and 13 personnel the entire freaking game, it's going to be interesting to see how, they, how that plays out. And then you get the 49ers in week five. Because what are the Cowboys going to do? Sure, you can get the safeties in there. And they're going to. Because we know and we talked a big deal about it during the offseason. We talked about how that line between linebacker and safety was very blurry when it comes to Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. But what is not really as blurry, though, is the weight of some of these players. And we talked about this. Marquise Bell might be playing linebacker and everything, but he does not have the weight of a usual linebacker. And the same goes for Juan J. Thomas or Donovan Wilson or Jaron Kears, whoever they want to get in the box. If the Patriots come out and they're like 13 personnel and 13 and 13, and we're going to run the football and we're going to run the football. I wonder if... The Cowboys just bet on dime personnel. Uh, you know, they get the multiple safeties in there, three, even four at times. I mean, because four is what you get if you get like Kears, Wilson, and Hooker, and then Marquise Bell or Juanje or whoever to help out. But it's going to be a challenge. It really is. Now, the Cowboys could get Malik Jefferson called up from practice squad. And it's not like Devin Harper was helping at linebacker defensively either because he was playing special teams, but he was not doing a whole lot defensively. So we could also see Malik Jefferson and maybe get a little bit more of an involvement with the defense. He is in the practice squad, so we'll see. I'm not entirely sure if I'm expecting the Cowboys to sign somebody from the outside at linebacker because it seems like what that roster spot is going to be for is signing Brock Hoffman to the roster because Brock Hoffman has been your backup center for three weeks now, and he's out of practice squad elevations. So now you either sign him to the roster or you don't use him at all for the rest of the year, pretty much. And sure, they did sign Billy Price and they have Sean Harlow who also plays center. 
But do you really not have a defined backup center? I mean, you better do, right? It's not like a position that you just take somebody out and plug in somebody else. It's got to be chemistry with the QB, with the offense, because there's a cadence involved and all of that. So you cannot have four at the ready centers in the NFL. doesn't work like that. So you would assume that Hoffman is going to be signed, and then the Cowboys, that's it. They're going to have two linebackers and six safeties. I think that's what's going to happen. Now, some people, and in the chat, we're having that discussion right now. Some people are saying, hey, the Cowboys do not have two linebackers. It's not only Leighton Van Der Esch and Demon Clark. There's somebody else. There's somebody. There's, there's linebacker in there. Oh, right, Micah Parsons. Justin here says in the chat, oh, man, I lost it. Sorry about that. Uh, damn, I lost that comment. Yes, here we go. I heard that we have a guy named Micah. Maybe he knows how to play linebacker too. And then somebody else had said something along those lines. I hope Devin Harper says Marcus isn't on the blotter on Fresno for stealing underwear or something. No, I don't think so. All our safeties are considered linebackers too. Dan Queen, though, is David Holden, which is what we were talking about there a little bit. Jay Recruiter says Micah is a linebacker. Hey, Micah, I don't think they're going to use him as a linebacker. That's just me. Maybe, yeah, he could play linebacker and he would probably be very good at it. Zero coverage snaps, though, through three weeks. It seems to me like the Cowboys made their choice. Micah is to move around at the line of scrimmage. Not in the box. At the line of scrimmage. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think that although he could provide good play for you at linebacker, I would much rather have the elite play that I think he's going to be better as a pass rusher than he would be as a cover linebacker. And honestly, at a more valuable position because rushing the passer is much more valuable than having a good cover linebacker. That's why everyone is looking for those. That's why it's the highest paid position in, on defense in the NFL. So I'm going to go with Micah for, for edge rushing, defensive line stuff. Not going to use him as an off-ball linebacker. At least I don't think that the Cowboys are going to want to do that. Marquis Bell has been decent. He's had some rough moments. Obviously, he's learning a new position. So it makes sense that teams are going to try to find him and maybe go at him, make him be the key defender, key off of him, I would assume. Uh, but it's going to be a transition, and we saw some of that versus the Cardinals. Some of those missed assignments that we've talked about, some of them were Marquise. It's not going to be an easy situation to get through. I trust what the Cowboys have built. I do trust their talent defensively. But I remember when we talked about it with Michael Gelkin here on the show before the season started, and we talked about it from a defensive point of view, but he also brought up the special teams. And now the Cowboys are losing one of their highest special teams players in snap counts. So they're, they're getting even smaller on special teams. And I wonder if that's going to play an impact at all. Uh, I wonder if... Harper is going to end up being signed to the practice squad if he clay, if he clears waivers because he got to go through waivers. So another team could claim him. 
whether he wants to or not. And then he can be brought back to the practice squad. And the Cowboys are going to have open spots. They at least have one right now because CJ Goodwin was signed to the... Uh, ah, no. Nah, never mind because they did sign Billy Price. So right now they do have 16. So if they signed Brock Hoffman to the roster, then that would open up a practice squad spot and maybe uh, Harper could get it. But in the meantime, though, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Cowboys navigate this whole thing. I don't think it's a question about whether or not Micah can cover, though. It's a question about whether you want him to do it or not because he's a freaking good pass rusher. And I don't know if you want to mess around with that at all. Iceberg Slim says, Schoonmaker and Hunter Lipke play more this week. Both are better football players than Ferguson. Oh, boom. Big, big statement right there. I'm not going to act like Ferguson is a lock to remain the starting tight end. But I wonder how the snap counts are going to shift first regarding Hendershot and Schoonmaker and Leapke themselves. I would assume Ferguson is going to stay the starter for a while, though. But I would like to see more from Schoonmaker and from Lipke as well. I will say that. So that's something to monitor as well this week and moving forward. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the Cowboys. I'll see you on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Central. And man, oh man, I don't know how we'll feel about the whole thing. Hopefully we are just collectively breathing a sigh of relief. So we'll see. We'll see if that ends up being the case i'm taking the cowboys minus six and a half i'm thinking about something like 27 to 20 so pretty tight but man i just want the cowboys to be like chill <laughs> on sunday they gotta be like we're still the team you all thought we were and hopefully that is the case and hopefully philadelphia ends up getting their own screw up week and maybe the tables can be a little bit equalized. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you on Sunday night. Have a fantastic weekend. And let's hope the Cowboys win. Here we go.